You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, a number of subjects to get into today, some transactions around the NFL, some overflow Twitter questions, some quarterbacks being named starter, some quarterbacks potentially getting closer and closer to being named starter for their respective NFL teams at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL is where some of these questions today, if we have time to get to those Twitter questions, will be coming from uh, Matt. Here we go. Uh, We're seeing the roster crunch happen. Tuesday, there was the cut from 85 to 80, and then now teams preparing. They have a week to get down to 53 next Tuesday and we're starting to see some teams look at the roster and think you know what we got too many here we need a player here Uh, the Seahawks trading for John Reed cornerback from the Houston Texans a minor little deal there but here's a trade that we called I got to pat our I think we got to pat each other (laughs) on the back here Matt Sony Michelle has been traded to the Los Angeles Rams I love this deal this makes too much sense absolutely and Let's really break it down from both sides. Is first of all, for the Rams, I think he's a really good fit. Well, I want to start with the Patriots because it kind of just talk about what Michelle is right now. I loved Michelle coming out of Georgia, and I really think, and he was very disappointing to me, frankly, on the field since he's been a Patriot. And I think a lot of it has to do with his knees. I mean, he's had knee issues going back to school, and he's had some good moments, but he was kind of a plotter, plug, you know, plugger, you know, uh, not a real dynamic player. That being said, I was blown away by him this preseason, and it sure felt like they've been featuring him maybe for this reason, kind of as the Rex Burkhead. I mean, for fantasy reasons, Michelle never catches passes. Well, that was changing this offseason. He was kind of somewhere in between James White and LeGarrette Blunt that they've had over the years, you know, that he was that middle guy, the Burkhead. And that's what I thought he was since day one, especially when you use a first round pick on him as the Patriots did. So it took a little while to see the well-rounded game that he had. And I think he's showing more burst and looks better now than he did then. So that made him pretty marketable. I think his deal is up after this year. So you're not going to get first, second round picks for the guy. And Ramondre Stevenson looks tremendous. So the pecking order in New England is very clear. Harris backed up with Stevenson and White doing James White things, you know. So it's it's very clear. I think it's better for fantasy than it's been. And usually there's five guys, it seems like, in that backfield. You can kind of decipher <laughs> now. And in the world of fantasy, you want Mac Jones to take over so he doesn't vulture goal line carries. So I think this is about as well as the Rams could have done to get a pretty high pedigree guy that looks good for, you know, some mid to late round picks to be a compliment to Henderson. I assume he'll be the two, but I say compliment because I think he may have a bigger role there than we initially think. And he fits the, um, the style of, of offense very, very well. So I think this is a really win-win for both, both teams as well as for Sony Michelle. This is a win-win-win. It is a win, first of all, for Matt, you and I, as yes, being prognosticators. Actually, this is a win-win-win-win, because it's a win for you and I as prognosticators on this show, picking a trade and, and nailing it, and it actually happening. And then, 
It's a win for us drafting Ramondre Stevenson in our dynasty leagues because this needed to happen yes. there to get him closer to that number one role and having a nice role for himself uh, as a rookie and going forward, it looks like. And he's impressed the folks in New England there in the backfield. And, oh, yeah, J.J. Taylor's still there, too, in, in returning kicks. Mm, yeah. And he's a member of that backfield. So there was just too many players that were capable of having a role in that backfield for the New England Patriots and by the way Sonny Michelle has a, a you know a, a pretty hefty salary for someone who's going to be a backup running back and the Rams obviously had the need but here's what's interesting from the Rams perspective of this thing Schefter said that Michelle would quote probably be the lead back in Los Angeles which I found oh, I didn't interesting catch that. and Daryl Henderson and I get that speculation you know and Daryl Henderson has a little bit of a thumb injury right now Cam Akers, season-ending torn Achilles if you've been living underneath the rock, which is why the Rams need a body there at running back. So we might see Sony Michelle uh, have even more value, for sure more value, uh, no matter what, with, with Henderson out or not, with the Rams' backfield than he was going to have with the Patriots' backfield. And what's interesting is Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson are very similar to me because you see it early with running backs, and there's just... Uh, there's just this innate ability to find space and run the football, and rookie running backs can jump out. And some guys, you know, break out a little bit later in their careers. Maybe that's what it's going to be for Sony Michelle. But he's had plenty of time with the Patriots to be that guy. And I think with both Henderson and Michelle, they have burst, they have athleticism. It's a little straight lineish, and I think you see when holes get smaller from college to the NFL. Neither one has really wowed their teams and they've both been somewhat disappointing so I find it interesting that now they're together because I think they're very similar in that regard and it's pretty clear that the Rams from uh, from jump weren't really uh, excited about what they saw in Henderson when he when he came to Los Angeles and you know the fact that they drafted Cam Akers the very next year you know after spending a third round pick on Daryl Henderson and now bringing in Michelle and who knows maybe Schefter's right and Michelle's actually just going to lead the backfield and it's going to be a uh, a one two, it could go Henderson one, Michelle two, maybe it's a one A one B thing. I don't know, but it's still a backfield that's a little bit odd. But you know, stock up for Sony Michelle because he does have an opportunity now with a new team, and he's he's a talented guy. Yeah, yes, yes. I think it's really good for everybody, including Peacock and Williamson. And we'll be uh, and of tomorrow course. when we go on the air, and the Saints trade Michael Thomas for Henderson <laughs> and DJ Chark. <laughs> we'll nail that one too. Absolutely. So you know, I mean, it's just the way we roll around here. Uh, this will lead us to our next conversation uh, you know, concerning Travis Etienne. But I have a fantasy question for you right off the bat. Tough question. Daryl Henderson versus James Robinson. Robinson all day. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. I've been impressed by Robinson. He's yeah. He's unspectacular, but he's kind of the opposite of what I just laid out there about Daryl Henderson. He's got, you know, he's a good pass protector, so he can be on the field all three downs. He's just solid, and he's he's not going to blow you away. But the more I watch him, the more I get impressed by the type of player he is. And I think he's going to absolutely lead that backfield. And Carlos Hyde is not a threat at all to him. No. Uh, I think you can use him as a short yardage back in Robinson. You can use him as a third down type of a back because he's a good pass protector. You can use him, obviously, on first and second downs. And uh, he proved as a rookie that he has vision, he has balance, he has everything you need in a running back, even though he was undrafted last year for the Jaguars. And the real threat, I thought, was ATN just because he's more talented and more explosive with ATN out for the year. Boom, there you go. And Matt, 
I don't think I even need to say it. I want to go to Brian on Twitter who said uh, <laughs> this morning, and I, this is how I found out about the, the ATN thing because I didn't know he was going to be out for the year, but the MRI revealed the Liz Frank, and he's done for the season. And he said, I can just hear at BD Peacock right now saying, don't draft running backs in the first round. And I think the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars backfield with an undrafted free agent starter yeah. and a first rounder who's now lost for the year. Uh, there's no better example of that. So I don't think I need to say it myself now. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad. It's a nice gloat moment for you there. I like it. And it's hard to re- rebut that in any way, shape or form when the undrafted guy has a great year. Use you know, quote, waste a first round pick on ATN. They didn't know he was going to get hurt, of course. And now, Robin, you're right back where you started, and you're not in bad shape, <laughs> you know. So, to your point, um, to stick with the Robinson Henderson neighborhood, are you taking either one of them over David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, that type of guy? Is Robinson better than those guys? I think Robinson belongs with them. I think Robinson goes after them a lot, and I think his, mm-hmm. his stock will probably go up at this point. Gun to my head, I probably take Robinson first because I like his role better. Okay, um, but you know the the Jaguars might be throwing the football a lot. They might be going three wide and, yeah. and throwing it and throwing from behind quite a bit. So maybe not, but they, maybe that means he's going to get more passes thrown. He's his a way capable receiver. Yes, yeah, so, like he's very capable. He he can be a three down guy for them, and I think that's what it's shaping out for shaping up for him to be there uh, in in Jacksonville. So yeah, give me Robinson over those guys. Okay. Oh, real quick amendment to our Saints Jags trade. Maybe Latavis Murray goes to the Jags too, just to complete that deal. So we sound really smart. Oh, there we go. They need that. Yeah. They need more veteran running backs there. He seems like he's in the doghouse in New Orleans a little bit. <laughs> seems like New Orleans is a wild roster, and James Winston. And it's no surprise that the reports are that James Winston's going to win that quarterback job. I think that's mm-hmm. very clear and very obvious. There and by the way, did we mention it yet that, that Trevor Lawrence has been officially named by Urban Meyer as the the week one starting quarterback for the Jaguars? Again, news that it shouldn't shock anybody. Right, right. I mean, it, a formality. Yes, you know, and I think Winston's even gotten to that point too, where he got to start him. You got to, yeah. But the Saints roster is odd because there's a lot of flux happening there and a lot of like. The doghouses and who's got yeah. this job and who's got that job and you think they're set at corner and all of a sudden now they're lacking a corner and there's you know some some uh, laws being <laughs> some some courts involved as well and lawyers with some players it's like <laughs> well, what's going on with this team this team you could tell me they're they're going to be a playoff team and and ten and seven or they're going to be drafting in the top five I have no idea what to expect from the Saints. I don't either. I, I I bring this up a lot. It sounds like Troutman's going to be okay. That's worth noting. But I guess Nick Vanette behind him is going to be out a while. You know, the Thomas injuries looming. Uh, Latavis Murray seems like he's in the doghouse. They'd like the guys behind him. We know they don't have a lot of cap space to fiddle with. Could they make more moves? They're always super aggressive. I think they're a really interesting team. I mean, I mentioned I was really impressed with their defense. Um, I think that, you know, Callaway is a really intriguing player. So I kind of look at it like I kind of think Sean Payton might really show us that he's a really good coach this year and keep this team pretty darn competitive unless they get hit by injuries harder than most because their depth isn't great. Somewhat similar to Belichick in New England last year, except yeah. I think even still on paper, New England or uh, New Orleans has a better roster than New England did last year. Yes, there's been a couple examples of that. You know, they 
the year that Harbaugh went from Flacco to Lamar, the year Tomlin didn't have Ben, you know, the Belichick year last year when everyone opts out and you lose Brady, this massive transition year with New Orleans. And I'm talking about, you know, established great coaches. And they usually come through with a better win-loss record than you think in those type of instances. Absolutely. And we'll see uh, how Sean Payton does this year. We've got some more to talk about here in the NFC South with the Carolina Panthers and extending Robbie Anderson and some of your Twitter questions next. It's that time of year again. All eyes turning back to football. The NFL teams are back on the gridiron to start the 2021 season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and get yourself a 100% welcome bonus promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I don't think we mentioned exactly what was traded. It's a, a couple of late round conditional draft picks from the Rams to Sony Michelle. So they didn't have to give up much at all. Uh, I think they knew that, you know, I think for the Patriots getting out from under the salary of Michelle and knowing they were going to have to cut a, a running back, I think that was pretty easy for them to, to give him up for not much compensation. And then earlier I mentioned that Seattle Seahawks, very minor trade. That was like a 2023 conditional seventh round pick for uh, a cornerback. <laughs> we'll so totally forget about they it, might yeah. not end up giving up anything if he doesn't make the roster. So uh, those were the minor trades that happened late Tuesday, early Wednesday. How about this extension? Two years, $29.5 million. So just under 15 mil per year for Robbie Anderson with the Carolina Panthers getting a two-year extension. 20 million of that guaranteed. So essentially he's locked in for two years for all of that. They're not going to cut him next year with $20 million of that guaranteed. Very interesting contract extension there with uh with a team that I thought had a perfect opportunity to go with DJ Moore and the rookie Terrace Marshall, who's had an awesome camp in preseason so far for the Panthers, with Marshall jumping into that number two role and letting Robbie Anderson walk. But no, they're gonna they're gonna keep Robbie Anderson around for a little while there. Yeah, I I like it. I mean, it was a little more money than I expected, but that's a going rate for starting established wide receivers in today's NFL. And he's another one of these examples of getting away from the Jets and Gase and, you know, maybe the Darnold's the next example, his teammate, both there and with his new team, uh, start to shine a little bit. And for those that don't know, Anderson has a, a strong relationship with Matt Rule back to their Temple days. And early in Anderson's career, I kind of looked at him like he's just a tall, down-the-field, stretch guy. But then he started, you know, he was more the possession receiver last year where DJ Moore was the stretch guy. And I think both can do both. But Anderson lined up in the slot last year. He, You know, Samuel would be all over the place. Um, you mentioned Marshall. He's been super impressive. So Marshall also can be an outside the numbers or slot guy. I think it's a really good trio of receiver, receivers. 
And I don't know that it really hurts anybody so much. It's almost like the Dallas situation. Yeah, and you let the rookie come along slow and and see what happens there. And, you know, worst-case scenario, you have a three-headed monster at wide receiver and a lot of varied skill sets there with guys that can get deep, guys that can catch it short, can line up outside, inside. So um, solid receiver group there being built. And a quote here from Panthers GM Scott Fitterer on the deal. He said, you have a model that you plan out and you go out three years with it and you look at where the cap may be next year. The year after, you project where it's going to be. Where you're at right now, who's up? Robbie was the right guy at this time to do it, and we'll keep going with other guys as we go forward. And the key to this is that he said, you look at the other guys, they have a couple more years left on their deal. Someone like DJ Moore. This isn't Mm going to affect us doing those guys in the future. So I think that was a big one. It's not like they're going to pay Robbie now, and then they're going to let DJ Moore walk instead and have Terrace Marshall get into that role. So the the long term is to keep all those three guys together for a little while. Yeah, and the nice thing that people don't think about a lot is it's nice to – stagger contracts you know you don't want to pay them all the same year you Mm -hmm. want them to come up a couple of years apart from one another and that makes it a little more palatable in the room where people aren't jealous of the next guy if he's making this and i made that but yeah you'll be up in a year or two you know so uh, they have a nice you know variance between the three guys of when they'll get their big payday and signing bonus yeah i think we're going to see some extensions especially with that little off week now the the sort of pre-buy the pre-regular season buy after the third preseason game I think we're going to see some more extensions like that around the NFL and that's a good point about staggering contracts so for the Panthers if DJ Moore's next contract his big money kicks in right as Robbie Anderson's contract is ending and then you have you know still a rookie contract of Terrace Marshall and whoever else is on the roster at that point because things can change pretty quick in the NFL then that's probably what their plan is there and you can really see how they're trying to build that with some skill players long term I think more and more teams are trying to be really solid three four deep at receiver now first of all because there's so many wide receivers and just because teams are spreading it out more and throwing the ball more yeah without question and uh, I think it's you know, also has Sam Darnold's interest in you know, best interest in hand or Deshaun Watson's or somebody if Darnold falls on his face. You also have McCaffrey there as a receiver. Uh, they need to work on their offensive line, but that's you know a, another story for another another project. I think that'll be their offseason priority number one quarterback aside, depending how that goes. But I do think this team really has distinct plans in place. And it kind of reminds me when, when the staff took over in Buffalo, like it, we're going to accomplish this this offseason. You know, we're going to draft the entire an entire draft of defense and get really young there. This year, we're going to make for, firm up our skill guys and take a chance on a quarterback. Next year, we're going to rebuild the offensive line. Like I just think that they're a smart organization with a lot of direction and have a plan. Um, real quick, you mentioned that you know this is going to be a weird year for for us for the league. There's going to be that gap after this weekend that's longer than most years before opening day. And I do think there will be a lot of contracts in that time, hopefully very few injuries because there's no games, but there might be a trade or two too. So that's going to be a weird calm before the storm time. Right. And that Tuesday is the Tuesday after these next week, three preseason games is the the final cut down to 53. So I think we'll see some movement right before Tuesday, probably. And then maybe six, seventh round pick trades. Yeah. And then maybe some other things could happen over the course of that week because uh, idle hands do the devil's work. I think there's gonna be a lot of conversations happening between teams in that, in that week as they get prepared. Then a lot of teams will be just, you know, a lot of folks will just have their heads down getting ready for week one. And you and I are going to have to, you know, lay out a plan yeah. too. That's going to have to be prediction week. You know, who's our MVP? Who's our playoff teams? 
Um, I absolutely want to do over under win projections for every team yes. in the league. So that gap might be real good for those type of things. For yeah, us. that'll be a fun week for us to have uh, a little fun and we'll have to rush through looking at preseason games and talking about some of those things and hopefully a pop of a couple big transactions and signings and trades happening in the week leading up to the 2021 NFL season. One more quick note here. This one from Mike Tannenbaum. The Jets are reportedly considering trading for an edge rusher after Carl Lawson was lost for the year to injury. If they choose to go the free agency route, veterans like Olivier Vernon, Trent Murphy, Adrian Claiborne, and Vic Beasley are still available. What do you think? Mm. And I saw this, and this could definitely be one. This is the first thing I thought about because Robert Sala's defense, like it's built from the front back. He wants a stud defensive line. So I th- as soon as Carl Lawson went down, it's like well, they, they purposely wanted to you know strengthen their defensive line. So they went out and paid Lawson big money. Now they lose him. Now they still need that piece up front. So I don't know. Is anybody out there you think they could trade for? Like they're, I don't mm. think any. I think at this point in the season you're not going to get a big dog at defensive end. So you're just going to do a you know seventh rounder for somebody's uh, guy that they were going to cut anyway. Or I'm not seeing any names out there on the trade market for defensive end because. Teams covet edge rushers. There's not many available. So do you do you like one of these free agent names that are out there? What do you think the Jets do here? Yeah, that's a good question because, I mean, as we know and we've talked about a lot, they build from the front back and, you know, that defensive front going back to the Niners way of doing things is very, very important. And that's where they've been spending their money and it looked like a good D-line. And this is a big blow to the Jets. I guess Claiborne or Beasley isn't bad at the right price. Sure would have liked Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram. You know, that would have been a heck of a lot better, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. By the way, Ingram looks awesome. I assume Houston looks good as well. Here's one name, though, and I'm going to steal it from you. You kind of brought up uh, Chase on in Jacksonville yesterday. Oh, Could he be had, you know, a former first-round pick? There we go. Kind of play that, at least play that third down, almost like a D Ford type role in San Francisco where you're more more of a stand-up rusher. You could even uh, put him off ball a little bit if you wanted to. Uh, That's an interesting one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of non-contending teams with new coaching staffs. You know, uh, could you pry any of the Lions guys away from them? I think they just love linemen there too much that they wouldn't, you know, trade flowers <laughs> right. or somebody like that. I don't think there's anybody in Houston you really want. You know, uh, Marcellus Wiley or not? That's not his name. Uh, Whitney Merciless. You know, maybe oh, somebody yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that some of those veteran bad. players that are making a lot for a team that's not expected to go anywhere. That's that's not good. Yeah. Let's dip into the overflow mailbag from yesterday. There's still some good questions that I want to get to next. You know what I've learned about Built Bars? And you hear me say it probably all the time on this podcast. There's no bad time for a Built Bar. One of the best times is a road trip. Have one in your little bag. Have one in your glove box. Whatever. It's a perfect snack. You have a long commute. Maybe you skip breakfast. Maybe you you skip lunch. You need a snack. And you can feel good about it. And it tastes great. High in protein low in sugar, that is the snack you want to grab. And you can grab a box of Built Bars from Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Nine original flavors like cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter is my favorite, cookies and creams really good, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, salted caramel, 
coconut, and they're always filtering in specialty flavors. So go to Built.com and find out what kind of new flavors they've got for you. You can buy a box of one flavor or do a mix and match. If you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Here we go. I don't know if you play any IDP leagues, Matt, but we've got a fantasy football question here from mpinto21 on Twitter. He says, fantasy question, which players, both offensive and defensive, offer return yardage upside? And preferably he wants some starting players. That's always, because I do play one keeper IDP league. And for the cornerbacks, it was always key to find that one or two guys that teams have a corner that is returning kicks as well. Uh, I do have one in New York that is Corey Ballantyne who is a return guy, but he's not a starting corner. Uh, I think a really interesting one in New England is Kyle Duggar, who did a lot of kick returning in college, potentially a starting caliber safety, uh, really athletic. He returned a couple kicks last year, but I think that's J.J. Taylor's job most likely for the Patriots, so uh, not huge upside in the return game. There's, There's not nearly as many defensive backs that return kicks as there was in past years, it feels like. No, I'm struggling here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm scanning my wide receiver list to see if any of those guys are true returner types. I can't think of prominent defensive players that play a lot of snaps. Um, teams certainly value returners less than they used to, especially mm-hmm. kickoff returners because you just boom it into the end zone. I don't know. I might have to think on that and get back to you because I, I can't come up with many names. Uh, man, I mean, even the, there were some guys even like – Antonio Brown used to return punts once in a while. Yeah. You know, Tyreek Hill would once in a while when it mattered, you know. But that's hard to count on. I don't have a guy. Someone like, uh, I'm looking at last year's return yardage stats. Someone like Tony Pollard, you know, who's a backup running yeah, back, who bad. could return kicks for you if you get return yardage in your league and then become a starting running back if Z gets hurt or something like that. That would be some, you know, upside value there maybe. Um you know, aside That's from all the top, easy. you know, there's just there's just not a lot of and team. I think that's perfect. Brown in Pittsburgh, like teams don't want to put their top guys out there. Even the 49ers are not putting Brandon Ayuk back, and Ayuk is like trying as hard as he can to get Kyle Shanahan to let him return kicks, and they don't really have a great return game anyway, and a great returner. I think he's, you'll see him back there at some points this season, but it's not enough to give you fantasy return because it's only going to be once every so often and he's not doing it in the preseason and he's not going to be on the depth chart as the kick returner but he might get a shot to do it in a few select games so you kind of just have to go standard Cordell Patterson route if you're looking for a return because yeah. there's not much out there but uh, yeah a couple of names maybe that I would throw out there is just Corey Ballantyne and Duggar um, was a good one and Duggar yeah, but yeah. I don't think Duggar's going to return very many kicks either, unfortunately. No, I would imagine either. I mean, a defense, the IDP angle's great. You know, if there was a somebody out there that's a pretty darn good return, like Dion in his prime would return punts once in a while, you know, those type of guys. But I, I'm not coming up with many. Oh, here's one that I didn't think of, but I'm just looking at returns from last year. Nasir Adderley returned some kicks oh, yeah. last year. That could be one for you. Right, right. No, it gives him a boost. I mean, it's a tiebreaker in his favor against, I guess, other safeties in IDP leagues of the same ilk, which I wouldn't think is a super high draft pick for him. Right. Essentially, you're just looking maybe for uh, for a waiver wire pickup or a you know a tiebreaker for you, essentially, when it comes to, because I don't think he's going to be there 
main return guy either. No, no. All okay. right. That's fun. That's uh, that's uh, and that's an area I didn't think we were going to go down there. IDP return yardage. That's fun. That's how you know you've got a problem when it comes to fantasy football. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Like, wow, you're pretty into this. <laughs> IDP's not for me. I just I tried it a little and it's, it wasn't my bag. It's tough because the way you structure it, you have to you have to get deep enough, but then you don't want your matchups to be solely dictated by the defensive side of the ball. So then it's just to throw in having a couple of defensive players for fun. But I, I don't love team defenses either. So I guess I get IDP. It's a little bit more fun to have real players that maybe if you have three IDPs and they total tally up maybe as much, and maybe a little bit more than a team defense would have before. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I get the, the fun of it. I just think it hasn't been perfected. I don't like that. I have to draft a corner that's not very good who's going to get picked on. Right, yeah, because a shutdown corner, you should almost have to go by PFF grades or, you know, your your catch-to-target percentage or something like that instead because you would want, you know, ideally you would actually want to draft a shutdown corner. Yeah, you want a corner that's good enough to see the field but bad enough that everyone picks on him. Right, (laughs) That's not really what I'm after, you know. Justin says, I think Miami's backfield belongs to Gaskins, right? Yeah, it should. I don't know if it do will, something? but it should. And the the second preseason game made me feel a lot better about Gaskins because it wasn't Malcolm Brown out there first. It was Gaskins in with the ones, and he was catching passes. It was more like what I thought it would have looked like. The first preseason game might have been an anomaly there. Belongs to Gaskins, though, is a little bit too strong of phrase than I want to, I'm willing to say because mm. I basically know for a fact that they were going to take Javante Williams if Denver didn't snipe him. I mean, I don't think they love Gaskin. You know, I'm just thinking, like, if somebody gets cut or could they trade for Latavis Murray or Gordon or sign Gurley or Peterson or something, they might just not be done is all I'm saying. I'm a little hesitant to get on the Gaskin train. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right now, he's the one to own there if there is one. Yeah. But, yeah, you're not doing backflips about it. All right, I'm looking at my rankings. Would you take him over Damian Harris now with uh, Michelle gone? Uh, Or Chase Edmonds? I'll take Edmonds over both those guys. Yeah, I think I would too. I have Edmonds, Harris, Gaskin, but all in the same neighborhood. I, I like Gaskin. I think he's underrated. But... I don't trust him either, and I don't trust what they're doing there with the right. running back position because he could get sniped by um, Salvon Ahmed for some receptions. He could be sniped at the end zone for Vulture for touchdowns by Malcolm Brown. So, yeah, I, I'd probably put him behind those guys, but he's right in there. Like I, I, wouldn't, I, mm-hmm. I don't dislike having Gaskin on my team for his ADP. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I don't love having to start him every week if I get to that point. Um, Royce Freeman's another running back that could be on the move. From Denver. There you go. If you need a big back. Yeah. They catch the ball a little bit, too. They got to do something. It seems like they're showcasing them in the preseason, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Here's one from last week that uh, I talked a little bit on Twitter about with quite terrific. He said, when you guys were talking about the correlation between a franchise's history of success and the success of new quarterbacks, the Bengals were negatively mentioned. But Palmer and Dalton were pretty good quality players. Yeah. Palmer was great. I mean, I think Palmer is vastly underrated in the history, uh, the pantheon of quarterback greats. And I'm not saying he should be a Hall of Famer, but I don't know that he's a heck of a lot worse than Dan Fouts or, you know, Kurt Warner or guys that are in. You know, I mean, I think Palmer's awesome. 
he also was the first overall pick and people don't remember this was an easy first overall pick. I mean, almost luck Lawrence, like where you didn't have to know a whole lot about scouting to say, I'll take that guy. And yeah, I mean, he had a good, he had a good run. Dalton had a good run. Um, Palmer was willing to retire rather than go back to the Bengals. If you recall, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was, <laughs> uh, he, he just, it was a, similar to the Deshaun Watson situation. I mean, that's, let's not forget that Dalton was, you know, one of the very first picks in the second round. And I don't know that we'd ever say he was tremendous. I mean, he had an okay run there with a great supporting cast and Hey, Boomer Esiason and Ken Anderson were good too, but, you know, Ken Anderson was coached by Bill Walsh and, you know, Boomer was ahead of his time in terms of scheme and stuff there too, with the, uh, the, the throwing and all the shotgun and stuff like that. And Jeff Blake wasn't bad. I'm just saying it's not an organization I trust, you know, if it's I'm buying stock in the Brown family, the owners there, uh, that's not somewhere I'm putting my money. Yeah. And, and Palmer and Dalton didn't win. And they're there. They, no. they kind of helped. They There was some nice receivers there, you know, you go Chad Johnson and Hushman Zada. And they're great. So they've, and they did it again, right? They, they're not team building, but they've, not done a bad job of putting weapons on the field for their quarterbacks and it's no. continuing. So, but they, I think maybe the quarterbacks could have played up even with less receiving talent, but with better team talent, go win some ding playoff games. Right. So yeah, it's funny that they, they've been okay with the quarterbacks, but they still didn't win with them. So it's a little bit of both, no. but I get where he's coming from with that. And, and a little, this is, you know, there's some teams you can harp on this, the jets, the Jags, if you pick in the top five year after year, you should draft a decent quarterback at some point. <laughs> Good point. Like two <laughs> of those, know. two of their recent quarterbacks were number one overall picks. Right. You know, I mean, okay. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Burrow's going to be a flop, but I think he's got to swim against the current a little more than Trey Lance. Well put. Last one here. This one from Jerry. We talked about this. Earlier this week, he said, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, have you gotten a volunteer for commissioner for the Peacock and Williamson Listener League? I am commissioner of one redraft, one dynasty league, and can volunteer to be commish for your redraft league if you don't already have one. What do you think? Do we want to let Jerry handle this thing and and be the commish of the Peacock and Williamson Listener League that we talked about possibly doing? I think he's hired. I mean, he seems like an eager fella. I, I think that works for us. Maybe you and I have to talk off the air if we're actually going to go through with this or not. I, I could go either way. I mean, I, we both have a lot on our plates, and I would be up for it. But I don't know that I can set aside five hours between now and rookie, you know, before opening day to have a draft and things like that. I mean, it sounded good in, in passing. Um, but I'd probably be up for it. it Sounds could, fun. It could be something we do in that week leading up to the season and then have a, yeah. a podcast where we – break it down and talk about the draft and talk about uh, what we liked, what we didn't like about the draft possibly, and then uh, dominate some of our listeners in fantasy football this year. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, mean, I can be talked into be it. That would be fun. Um, I, I guess I'm in. Uh, I mean, it, it would take a little organizing by whoever to figure out who's going to be in the league. You know I mean? Right. There's going to be millions and millions beating down our door to be in the league. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, we can't have a 150-team league here, but uh, I think we're going to have to cap <laughs> right. it at 12 probably. I, we'd go even deeper. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing like a 16-team league if there was enough interest. Wow. I never have, but I would be up for that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Fantastic okay. stuff. Thanks for volunteering, we'll Jerry. 
we'll see if we can figure this thing out and figure out how to populate the league with only listeners because I want to. If I throw the link out on Twitter, I don't want people jumping in that don't listen to the podcast either. Very true. Very true. So let's do this for now. Jerry, you're hired as commish, but you've got to at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. If you want to be in on the league and we're not going to put it out there on Twitter, you've got to be a listener and want in. Then we'll send you the link to join the league. And if it works out and if we get it all populated, then that's the way we'll do it. And we'll know that it is destiny that we have a Peacock and Williamson listener league in 2021. And hardcore listeners too, Matt, the ones that stay all the way to the end of the podcast. We will be back tomorrow doing what we do here, breaking down everything going on in the NFL, looking ahead to some of these week three preseason games right here. Peacock and Williamson.